This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me as always, my co-host and colleague, Mr. Chad Cruz. Chad, how are things in old Columbus Town? Columbus Town is booming as ever. People are sitting in, in their homes. They're watching their televisions. They're not going anywhere. It's just crazy time to be alive. Well, hopefully they're going to BulletproofAction.com while they're sitting there. Oh, uh, damn well better be. And returning to the Bulletproof Podcast, it is Ryan Campbell. Ryan, how are things? I'm good. Uh, yeah, we are slowly getting back to normal here. Um, I think uh, in, indoor restaurants open back up tomorrow, so it's slowly returning to normal. The return to normalcy, and uh, again, we hope uh, everybody who found us during this uh, global pandemic sticks please with say. us. <laughs> yeah, please come back. Uh, BulletproofAction.com. Um, it's really, uh, the numbers have been great, and we hope, again, that you continue to support the site. Uh, and we'll continue to provide you with uh, content, and hopefully most of it's good. Uh, speaking of good, we got some good news recently, Chad. Um, oh, okay. I like good uh, news. We had, uh, you know, for those who tuned in last time, we had uh, Matthew Whitaker from the Clones cast on, and we discussed Lone Wolf McQuaid, and that is, of course, available in the archives if you did miss it. But uh, we also talked about Dynamo coming out on Blu-ray. And that is now officially out. I know I got my copy. But uh, something we didn't mention is there's actually a quote from my review of Dynamo on the back of the Blu-ray, which is I thought was pretty cool, um, you know, to be quoted on a Blu-ray. Yeah, that's that's something. I mean, the, the fact that it was you quoted and not me, it's I'm just green with envy right now. Uh and I'm, I'm very angry at Michael Worth, but you know what can you do? I don't know how uh, much you paid him. How much did you pay him, Chris? I didn't pay him a dime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't even ask for his poster back. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I get, yeah, it might be a trade-off for the poster. So whatever yeah. the poster costs, I guess maybe that's what what I uh, paid him off. In. But no, I de- definitely want to thank uh, Michael Worth and uh, the Pearl River Collection for letting us be a small part of that release. And if you are a fan of uh, you know, the Kung Fu Theater days, or definitely want to p- 
check that out. It is again available. You can find it on Amazon and we'll have a link on the site as well um, where you can pick that up. It is Dynamo. It is a great movie with my favorite of the Bruce Lee clones, Mr. Bruce Lai. Um, it's, it's dynamic, if you will. Ooh, no lie. Hey, you know what? What I really want to be quoted on is a Mark Wahlberg film. I want to be on the back of a Mark Wahlberg film with a quote. That's your goal? Yep, that's it. Write it down. Well, I think it could happen. Uh, you certainly speak about them as often as possible, mm-hmm. even when it has nothing to do with the movie you're writing about. Um, <laughs> but that's all right. That's Chad Cruz. That's what you get. That's what you, that's what you, know, you know you're going to get it. I am what I am. That's right. That is true. And uh, again, you can see what Chad Cruz has got uh, in store for you on BulletproofAction.com. Something new on there each and every day. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at BulletproofPod on Twitter and at BulletproofAction on Instagram and Facebook. Um, And if you guys are ready, we're going to get into our topic of discussion on this episode. And that is hashtag should have had a sequel. Woo! Action movies that we feel deserved a sequel but never got one. Um, I know we all have a, a few items on our list, but Brian Campbell, you being the guest, uh, why don't you go first? All right. Are we starting with like our, our best or are we building up to it? Do whatever you want. Yes. Okay. Good deal. Um, my first, and this is this is kind of the thought that, that kind of kickstarted this whole thing, is uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, it's a movie that I didn't really know about until I was literally perusing Amazon prime to try to find movies to review for the site. And it just caught my eye and became one of my cult classic favorites. Um, and the way it's set up and the way it's presented, the way it's built is as if this is the start of a franchise. Um, the documentary that I watched when I did the, uh, worked on my 10 things uh, you didn't know piece that's also on the site um, went into you know the troubled production and how they they had written like five or six different movies and pitched it as this grand kind of saga they almost pictured it like a James Bond meets you know sci-fi kind of theory and wrote all these movies they had a script for the second movie um when the movie originally came out, they even put a tagline that said Buckaroo Banzai will return, um, you know, Buckaroo Banzai in the versus the crime syndicate, world crime league or something. And uh, it never happened. The people that made the movie hated it. The people that paid for the movie hated it and it just never, never saw the light of day, but that would, I would love to see, you know, some more Buckaroo Banzai films. And that one starred Peter Weller who, uh, you know, that was pre RoboCop for him, so yeah, and it had yeah. um, um, a young uh, oh man, I don't have the list here in front of me. Um, the real he's from Jurassic Park. Well, I can't think of his name. This is great. This is great. Sam Neill. No, no, no. Um, Ian Malcolm. Um, hmm. Oh man, from The Fly and. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. I don't know why. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very young Jeff Goldblum and a whole cast of, you know, people that you've seen. Uh, Christopher Lee is in it. Uh, Clancy it? Brown, I believe. Is yeah, yeah. All kinds of people that you know from other 80s films that just got in this movie. And, and it's, it's, it's classic. When you were trying to think of Jeff Goldblum's name, you should have said the rapist from Death Wish. Very good, Chad. 
Very you, good. Brain would have been like, boom. Been bam, right on or he would have said, um, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> so many. Excellent job. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, that's interesting. And I've seen the, the, the uh, end credits. I know you, you, you turned me in that direction because they are pretty awesome end credits. And I saw the, the little teaser that he was coming back, but obviously that didn't happen, but you got to wonder, you know, if that would have continued on, would Peter Weller have been available to do RoboCop? Yeah. And then he was like the sixth choice for that character. So that there was a lot of serendipitous things that happened. And yeah, what, what could have, what could have been if that had blown up? I mean, it, it didn't even become a cult. It's even on the fringe of being a cult classic now. Like most people don't really, if you throw out Buckaroo Banzai references, don't pick up on it. But uh, it took a while to become a cult classic. So um, any sequel probably would not have done well, but uh, it just would have been interesting. I would love to see it. All right, Chad Cruz, what do you have for us? Well, I'm going to start off with another pseudo cult classic, and this one is Streets of Fire. Oh, I know, yes. I know, I know, Brian, you, you, you're well aware of my love for Streets of Fire. Um, yes. 84, 1984 film. Walter Hill directed it. Uh, I believe he also wrote it as well, but uh, it's, it's one of those movies that it, it, uh, it doesn't really fit. I mean, it's totally an eighties movie, the music, the hair, the look of it. Uh, it's eighties, but if you watch the film, it like, it tries to place itself in like a 1950s style, like uh, the city, like there's like greasers and there's these biker gangs and they're running combs through the greasy ass hair um but it's pure 80s so there's like neon lights and there's like rock and roll music and there's diane lane looking crazy crazy hot in it um but it's so cool and it was also written um and planned to have uh two sequels so it was supposed to be a trilogy at one point but um it failed miserably at the box office so it uh it never went that far and i imagine you're not counting the albert pune directed Road to Hell as a sequel. To I am not Fire. counting that. No, I, I didn't think so. No. And rightfully so, because uh, that movie was awful. One of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Thanks a lot for making me watch it. <laughs> you know, what's sad is you watched it without ever having seen Streets of Fire. I know. And that's why, you know, kind of was I was being fair because obviously you love Streets of Fire. So yeah, much. I do. you might. You might look more critically at this sequel where I was coming in with fresh eyes and no matter what perspective you're coming in with, that movie sucked. Right. And it's funny, you know, people always, I've, I've loaned the Blu-ray to several people over the last couple of years and I've had people watch Streets of Fire and they come back to me and they say, I, it's just not good. I don't like it. And I'm like, really? And then we start talking about some of the things in the movie and I said, the music, the music's fantastic. You didn't like the music? Oh, it was okay. It was okay? Like, do you enjoy music? <laughs> do you have ears? Like, I don't get it. I think the music's great, and I think the hero's awesome. And the idea, like, this movie just bombed miserably, it's like a real heartbreaker for me. Yeah, so so maybe an acquired taste is what you're saying. It is. It is, but good taste. Okay. So someone who's, who doesn't like it, they have shitty taste. All right. Well, I have another one that, uh, you know, kind of goes along with what you guys are saying. It was one that obviously was intended to be a series of films, also kind of pulling in from that James Bond realm. 
I'm talking about Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. The title right there tells you they meant <laughs> more to be, but just didn't happen. And I know one of the, the big complaints about the film um, is that it didn't really have a, a great villain uh, to it. But to me, I, I think the reason for that is they were so busy trying to do the origin story of, of Remo in there that, you know, you didn't want him to have this, you know, it was more about establishing who he was and his relationship with Chun and, and how he came to be that, you know, I think that second movie would have had probably that over the top super villain that, that right. you want to see him. But, but we just never got, we just never got there. Yeah, definitely. I, and that's something that I like that movies do now. Like I, I don't like it when the, when we cram the origin story and that hero's number one villain all into the same film. Um, they've gotten kind of away like from that. Like the, when they rebooted the Spider-Man um, vulture was the main villain and homecoming, which is, is like C tier of Spider-Man's rogue gallery. Um, but I mean, he's just there, you know, to give Spider-Man kind of a, a warm up, you know, to, to what was coming later down the road eventually. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, that's why well, yeah, I agree. It's too much to, to shoehorn and cram in. I mean, I know some of the old films did that. Like, obviously, Superman battles Lex Luthor in the original, um, that first Spider-Man movie, Screen Goblin. But I find, you know, if you're going to put a lot of emphasis on the origin part of it, you've got to kind of have a somewhat fringe villain to, to yeah. go against. I think the difference being that, you know, Rima Williams doesn't have this, you know, 50-year backlog of stories that you can, you know, if you're watching Superman, you probably already know who Lex Luthor is, uh, or at least some sort of passing reference to Oh, this guy's a bad guy. Whereas Remo had, you know, no, like you didn't know who he was going into it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, there, there were the books, but yeah, I've read some of the books and there's none of the, the villains in the books really like, were like, Oh wow. I remember right. in book number three, Mr. Evil was the greatest villain. He No, it's just, it's different little compartmentalized adventures that he goes on and, and missions he has to accomplish. And, so yeah, they, they definitely could have embellished on those uh, right. in future movies. But yeah, th- for the first one, I thought it was a great origin story. And, uh, and that's to me what the focus was. And, and, and that's, I, I love it. I mean, and it's already a, a long movie as it is. So yeah, to, to build a whole huge villain with some master plan to rule the world, that thing would have been about four hours long. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really, some movies make it too difficult to build a good villain. I think the villain just needs to be obviously the more evil, the better I think sometimes, but you have to like, you have to worry about him, right? Like what's he going to do next? Will he blow up that hospital? Will he, you know, blow up the orphanage or whatever? Like, like you have to have a threat. He can't just be like a big tough guy anymore. Well, and your hero is never more vulnerable than in the early stages of becoming a hero. So it really should be, somewhat kind of easy to, to create a credible threat. It's not like, you know, in the third movie in when the guy's been a hero for years and is at his peak, like you really got to, you know, present someone that that's a credible threat. Right. Um, it, it really should be easiest that first movie to create someone that's going to present, you know, a decent roadblock to this hero's origin story. Yeah. And I think Fred Ward, he needed this. Sure. I mean, yeah, he, he's had a long career and everything, but that, you know, that could have been the role that basically defined yeah. him. Yeah. Other than Joe Dirt's dad. 
I was just reiterating of all the roles he's played. I was I was lining up to say he he was Joe Dirt's dad. I don't know why that's where we both went. Perfect. All right, Ryan Campbell. What uh what else do you have on your list? All right, I got quite a few, but I'm going to lump these two together. Uh, early 2000s Will Smith uh, adaptations. So the two I'm mainly thinking of is I'm Legend and uh, I Robot. Um, two films that were big blockbuster. I mean, they were they were critical. They were hits. People liked them. They made a lot of money. Um, I'm Legend in particular, the way it ends. Uh, you know, there, he's discovered a cure can be made and survives with these people and kind of the natural thing is to go next to that. There, and we're actually in 2008, there was originally, uh, they decided to go prequel route with it and kind of go back to humanity's last stand. And he would be a part of that. Uh, and it, of course it just kind of went into development hell and then ended. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it was maybe Will Smith kind of trying to get away from doing sequels. I know, there was like some drama on Men in Black 2. And after that, I don't know if he's really even done a sequel since then. Um, isn't he? He's not doing the second Suicide Squad that's coming out later, I think next year. Right. Yeah. Um, so he seems to be very anti-sequel now. But those both seemed at the time were made a lot of money. You know, he was good in them. He, he still had the star power to take any premise. He's kind of like at The Rock at the time would be like, you know, Renegade AI robots with Will Smith works, you know, zombie plague with Will Smith works. Um, and I never really capitalized on, on either of those. Chad Cruz, you got another one for us? Yes, I do have another one for you. And uh, let me just clear my throat real quick. Uh, okay. Um, my second Professional one. podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> my second one is uh the film apocalypto okay now stay with me little historical action here i'm listening i'm listening uh so i'm i'm looking at it as a trilogy so the first film is pre-first contact um at the end of the first film if you remember there he's out on the beach uh whatever jaguar paul whatever his name was he's out on the beach and he sees the ship coming the european ship coming so in my eyes, the second film is about first contact. It's about uh, war and uh, you know smallpox and you know this like this these Europeans like bringing this disease over and stuff. So the second film is like it's pretty bad, you know, it's rough. And then the third film in the series is like the product of colonialization, like colonization. That's probably the word, but. It's much more grim, but it, uh, yeah, I think you, you get three films out of that and easy peasy, you know, bring Mel Gibson back, let him do his thing. He's a great director. See what happens. The only thing that concerns me is, is us white folk don't always love flocking and gross to be reminded of, about colonization <laughs> and uh, wiping out indigenous people. <laughs> yeah, that could be an issue, but you know, if you make it like a, you know, art house kind of film. Like you don't have to pour $60 million into it. No, and I, I, I'm curious if, uh, when did that, that was like right on, right before kind of Will Smith, or Will Smith again, Mel Gibson really kind of ran into, hit the skids with the American population. Correct. I feel like that happened before Apocalypto, but I'm, I can't, I'm not certain. I don't, my time, my time frames are out mixed up, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I know at one point he was he was supposed to direct a film about uh, some Vikings starring Leo DiCaprio, but it was going to be in some like Nordic language of some kind. I don't know, whatever they spoke. And that was like around the time all the shit hit the fan with him, and it was it kind of got nixed. He's kind of come back now with all the uh, now that the the Me Too movement and all that has ousted so many people. He's kind of you know resurfaced and is kind of quirky, quirky and fun again, isn't he? Not such a bad guy, am I? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is so bad that it makes him he, you know it pales by he, comparison. Uh, he directed the. Um, was the Ridge movie, that war movie from a few years ago? Axel Ridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Modern day redemption story. There we go. All right, well, I've got a story I'd like to have a sequel to, and it's the story of one Jericho action Jackson. Uh, definitely deserved a sequel. Uh, you know, Carl Weathers was amazing in it. He had vanity with him. Um. And it's so, it would have been so simple to do. I mean, he's a cop in a big city. Um, crime was not suddenly going to disappear from Detroit. So they could have very easily uh, done a sequel, uh, just completely standalone sequel that had nothing to do with the original. Or you even had, you know, they discussed that Peter Delaplane's son was in prison. There could have been some way that he got out of prison and then, you know, kind of continued that, that rivalry. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of no different than, you know, uh, Chicago PD, Law and Order, you know, any cop show in movie form, it's a medium that medium that allows you to just keep churning them out and not, you know, they don't even need, like you said, they don't need to be related, but you could do a few things or toss some Easter eggs or connect it however you want. But uh, yeah, you've got a blank canvas to just keep churning those those suckers out. And because so much of it is built on the charisma and, and, and uh, you know, just the bravado of Carl Weathers. You, you could just ride that with insert, you know, story of the week type of uh, filmmaking, and then you probably would have had a winner. Yeah, and I think it, if it had come out ten years later, it would have had like seven direct-to-video sequels because it seemed like that's what they did in the early '90s. Like, you made one film, and then the next one, you know, the first one, you're like. You're, he's fighting against you know rich white guy. Next one he's fighting against drug dealers. Next one he's fighting against the cartel. Next one he's fighting against neo Nazis and then like Russian terrorists or whatever. So he could have. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's just too early, but I mean, it deserved him. It needed him. Was there any talks or any early progression towards sequels that that just didn't make it or not? Not that I've ever heard or read about. Um... I, I, it, you know, it just didn't perform well, but it, it, the other thing is it was like released in February. It was like, I don't, you know, it was just at an odd time where, you know, people aren't really. Yeah. So, and I had a, a more uh, kind of out of the box idea uh, for action Jackson. It would be a action Jackson sequel and a RoboCop prequel where action Jackson is battling a young Clarence Boddicker. Ooh, bringing Detroit together. And uh, then maybe like, you know, OCP could kind of enter into that equation and try to take over the cops. And maybe that's where Action Jackson's like, screw you guys. And, you know, walks off into the sunset because they, you know, I just think that would be an interesting uh, melding and merging of two uh, two great Detroit based action films. 
in today's obsession with connected universes, I think you would have had something. But would that would that mean that Boddicker gets away in the end of the film? Is it because of the money? Yeah, may, yeah. Maybe Dick Jones bail you know bails him out, and that's where Jericho Jackson's like, screw that! I you know just bust you almost died bringing this guy in and right flips the table over because I would love to flip a table over in my lifetime. He flips the table over and says, screw you guys. I'm done. It's perfect. Somebody send me a check. Or you can also bring this back up on our uh, theory, rabbit hole theory, connected universes uh, podcast down the road. You can just pretend like they they are in the same universe. Okay. Yeah. I'll just say that's something I've heard. Or I'll get it started so that by the time we record that one. There you go. It's it's hit. (laughs) All right, Ryan Campbell, what do you got? All right. So um, 80s classic. No real reason why it never made a sequel. You could even do a sequel now. Uh, Goonies. Why Goonies stopped at one. You've you've established these characters. You've even kind of left some mystery left in, in their story. You could fast forward and do them as adults if you wanted to. You could have done, you know, their kids, uh, you know, their adults and they have their own kids or brought the, all the kids back. I don't know. There's multiple ways you could have done it. Um, it just seemed like it, it, it was culturally, cultural impact, kid stars. It was funny. You had tie-ins with, you know, Cindy Lauper and stuff. And, and then just nothing ever came of it. I didn't do a ton of research on if there was any talks about making any other sequels, but seems like something that could have been four or five films easy. Yeah. There's definitely been talks in, in recent, like probably in the last 10 years about just what you said, like where they maybe their kids all got together, but you, you know, reunite the original Goonies and yeah. But to, to your point, I mean, as, as big as that movie was and as, as beloved as it was in the eighties, the fact that they didn't follow right up on that is, is kind of, that's a head scratcher. It's still beloved now. I mean, you know, there's still plenty of, you know, if I go to Target and just look at the novelty tees, there's usually a Goonies shirt there. You know, there's Funko Pops and all these other things. Um, You know, it seems like they could capitalize that even now if they want to. So is uh, Stranger Things just kind of the new Goonies? Pretty much, yeah. They definitely pulls from some of that. Only, of course, like everything now darker. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's the problem is it had that kind of 80s, 90s strike that balance of like it's a kid's movie, but it had a little bit of an edge to it. Like they threw a few curse words in there. And I feel like it's not that way anymore. Either it's like straight up hokey kid stuff or, you know, they're dropping F-bombs. Titties. Yeah. So there's no, there's not that middle ground when we were like, oh, Raphael just said damn or, you know, stuff like that when, when we were growing up and we're watching, you know, Disney movies or kid, kids movies that are, they sprinkled enough in there that it felt like you're right. watching something that other than just a Saturday morning. Tuesday. And now you can't put on like a, was it, we were watching like American housewife or something the other day. And she was like, damn it, bitch. I was like, Oh my God. Like, this is just a random show on like a Thursday night. <laughs> well, yeah. Basic cable. I mean, when we started doing some of the reviews on these, basic cable shows the language they're using it is like wow you know back in the day you you needed like you had to wait to the 10 o'clock hour to say some of this stuff but now it doesn't matter oh espn would not shut up about uh for one about the jordan bulls documentary 
But the fact that on ESPN, they didn't have any of the bleeps. They're like, we're, we're harping on that like crazy. Like, yeah, check it out. If you watch on ESPN, you hear the curse words. ESPN 2 would have the bleeped versions, but ESPN had the hardcore versions. They'll do anything for ratings right now. Yeah, definitely. Oh, they were, they inter- again, side note, nothing to do with action or anything, but they had the director on one of the shows and they were literally finishing like the last three or four episodes of that while the first like, ones were airing to try to get that sucker out because there's nothing on right now. All right, Chad Cruz, you got another one for us? I do have another one. Um, another, not too oldie, but a goodie uh, from early 90s. Arnold Schwarzenegger, True Lies. Yeah, tailor made. The the finish of the film just sets up perfectly. You know, now you have Arnold, you have Jamie Lee Curtis, both kind of tag teaming this whole uh, spy game or whatever they're doing, secret agent kind of thing. I mean, it's Arnold in there. Is there there the comic relief? You could bring back Bill Paxton in some weird way in the sequel and have him always getting screwed over. Um, Yeah, I mean, it, it was just. And it's it's what James Cameron's like fourth, fifth best film, and it's amazing. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm really surprised they didn't make a sequel because it did well. But yeah, let's do I it. How much of that again was is, is James Cameron's not exactly crazy on sequels either. Like, no, he's not. He, He'll write them. He just won't direct them. Right, right. Typically, I mean, the, the Avatar sequels. And here we're sitting all these years later, and. Yeah, no one still even knows what the heck's going on with those. But uh, hopefully, they seems, never show up. <laughs> yeah, he seems somewhat <laughs> adverse to to doing sequels. So I don't know how much that plays into it. And if somebody else, some other director would have taken up the the uh, format, if it would have been as good. Yeah, and it's funny because he, uh, you know, he did T two obviously, um, and he made the second. He made Aliens, right? But. Yeah, he doesn't really uh, go back to these films usually as a director, but you know, as a writer, as as a producer and stuff like that, he usually he'll be on board. But yeah, yeah. both of those obviously he just did the second one, and both of them he came at it from a completely different standpoint than the original. He almost just was like, whatever, I'm going to do my own thing, and kind of expanded to the point where that a lot of people think those are some of the better ones, but um, never wanted to return to either one of those. Yeah, and True Lies, I mean, that was kind of a almost a comeback movie uh, for Arnold after Last Action Hero kind of failed. You know, it, it seemed like his uh, the Teflon coating was wearing off, but then he comes back with True Lies, and I was like, no, he's still, you know, the ultimate action star. Right. Is that one of the first Arnold movies where he kind of somewhat played like an everyday kind of husband like that? I feel like... Maybe that was part of it. He just showed a different side. And shortly after that, he did like Jingle All the Way and did some of his other things. But like, he could show that he could play like the husband. Like, I mean, obviously he's undercovering a lot of those. But like, he's showing that he has that kind of range and that part of him instead of just being straight up action. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at his filmography. I mean, obviously he did Kindergarten Cop. Um, so when did Twins come out? <laughs> Twins was like what eighty? Yeah, that was that was the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty early in his career. That was post Predator. Uh, Predator was eighty seven. Yeah, Twins was eighty eight. Yeah, so True Lies came out the same year oh, as geez. Junior. Wow. 
<laughs> but yeah, after, I mean, after true lies, you know, he went into junior, he did eraser, which was pretty decent. And then there was just that tragic downfall of, you know, jingle all the way, Batman and Robin, just, uh, about half a decade of, uh, so maybe it was his last grasp at actions like supremacy. They could have strict, you know, strike where while the iron's hot and make that sequel back then. Well, and yeah, and I think that's the you know another good point is like these other things that weren't really panning out for him. So why don't you go to the last thing that worked for you, which would have been True Lies at that point? Yeah. Okay, my next one, actually my last one, uh, the A Team. Yes. I absolutely love the A-Team movie. I thought the casting was as spot on as possible, given the time frame that it was made. Um, actually, the movie itself, I think if they would have maybe filmed another hour's worth of footage, they could have got two movies out of the movie that they put out there and just had that first one end in Iraq where they kind of get screwed. And then the second one could have picked up where they you know, go to trial, have to escape, and you know, kind of try to clear their names. Um, but to me, the A team deserved better than it got. Um, I often, and I, I, you know, have made this theory in the past. If A team would have come out when the Expendables came out and the Expendables came out when the A team came out, I think we would have seen more A teams and maybe that would have been the one and only Expendable. Yeah. I really enjoyed it too. And I, I, I got, it kind of, people didn't like it, but I feel like it was so, true to the original like yeah it was over the top and yeah they're flying a tank and none of this makes any sense but that's what the the tv show was in the way like if you right if you took the format from then and did it today with today's technology and some of the things that they can do now that they couldn't really do as easily back then i mean that's pretty much what i imagine would have would have came out the other end is something similar to what that was and i thought like you said the cast was perfect bradley cooper was awesome in it you know I, yeah it just uh, i I guess the people probably thought, you know, it sounded fun and cool, but then they went really hardcore to the original kind of formula and people, probably people that had never even watched it or didn't remember, you know, just shot it down. But I, yeah, it was hokey. It was fun. It was, it was everything you would want in an 18 movie. I actually never watched it. Sorry. The only thing that was missing was a Jeep flipping and being like, you okay, Carl? Yeah, I'm fine. Well, see, yeah, that, that, that's the stuff they had to do on TV, but that's the beauty of the movie. They could kill a person in a movie. But uh, at 8 o'clock on uh, NBC in, in 1983, yeah, you, and you're gearing it towards kids, yeah, you're, you're not going to kill a guy. All right, Ryan Campbell, do you? I understand you have a fourth. I have two more, but we'll, we'll, I, I had a few, and I like my go-tos that I've always thought of. And then I, when I really started thinking about it, I, I wrote out a few more. But one... Um, I guess, I don't know if you can count, it's a sequel, but I think there should have been another sequel, was uh, Tron Legacy from uh, Disney a few years ago. It was a, like a you know, reboot to the opposite to the original Tron. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I guess it wasn't a huge hit for Disney. It was kind of that summer when they made like John Carter and they had quite a few bombs and uh, some big hits, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the music and like the atmosphere and the effects, if nothing else, just sitting there watching it was, you know, it was a spectacle to watch, but the way it ends with the kind of revelations and now they've brought these, these digital beings into the real world. It felt like one of those movies that was setting itself up to be sequels. And obviously, you know, if you look online, there's been multiple attempts and directors and it's 
they've had a few different directors and it just never has gotten off the ground, but um, they seem to take an old, you know, thing, shine it up, present it new, tie, it wasn't a reboot, they tied it in to the original, um, and it just didn't pan out, but I would have liked to have seen more. I could say that Tron is one of those movies that I never really saw. I, I think I started watching it, it just didn't hold my interest, and I moved on to who knows what. And I definitely did not see the Tron legacy, so... Maybe I'm what part part to blame. It's okay. I mean, I it's it's not like I don't feel like it's an injustice that no more were made. But I mean, I really I enjoyed it, and it it definitely felt like when they made it, they thought this is going to be something that we're going to make more of. Like you can just tell when a movie's made with the thought process that they're going to make more. Um, and like I said, that was just a bad summer or series of summers there for some of those big budget Disney movies. Uh, kind of right before they really started hitting the Marvel train and obviously before they got star Wars. So maybe some of that is because all their energy shifted towards those two properties than some of these other things, but um, maybe they'll get, and maybe they'll get back to it at some point. Who knows? Well, and you, you, you said something too. I mean, I think nowadays it, it, when they spend that much money, the thought is this is going to be a, a franchise no matter what it is. And maybe, you know, with Disney Plus now, they've got this platform that they need, again, they need content for. So maybe it won't be as over the top, spend as much money as they did before, but they, they need stuff for that, that streaming service. So make a series or something. Chad Cruz, you got more for us? I do. I've, I'm going to give you one more good one. But before I do that, uh, I'll give you one that was my honorable mention. Okay. Which is uh, a sequel to Avenging Force. Oh. Yes, because we all need more Dudikoff uh, as Matt Hunter, and if you remember the film, he never like really took down the Pentangle. There was still one more out there, right? So they left that cliffhanger ending. Yeah, yeah, you could have, you could have, could have done another one with that one. But my my final one that I'm gonna I'm gonna give you is uh, a film from '98, John Carpenter's Vampires. Um, may or may not have seen that one. Um, it was right after Carpenter. Did not right after Carpenter did Escape from LA. Is that the one with um, uh, Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, and all of them? Which one's that? Uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what's the vampire movie that Tom Cruise was? Interview with a Vampire. Interview with yes. a Vampire. John Carpenter's Vampires is a movie that you absolutely have to find because it is a, it's got James Woods in it. He plays like a vampire hunter, essentially. Like he's, he's leader of this group of vampire hunters. And his whole team gets like wiped out at the beginning of the film. It's got Thomas Ian Griffith in it, who's yeah. a Chris the Brain, you know, one of his his favorites. But he, dude, it's awesome. And basically, it's like you know these vampire hunters team up with these like Catholic priests, and there's this whole like war other like there's a world building that has to do with vampires existing in our world, and the you know the the Catholic Church is in on it, and they're trying to stop it, and blah 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 whatever. But there's like this special MacGuffin that they have to, you know, get before the vampires get it. And uh, James Woods is like, he's real grizzled and badass in it. And he's got like this, you know, this new like rookie priest that's helping him. And it's got uh, one of the Baldwin brothers in it. Um, it's just really good. It's really cool. It's it's like gritty. And it feels dirty when you're watching it. And that's a good thing for a movie like this. But it could have easily had a sequel, um, probably a direct-to-video, but hey, I'll take it. 
All right, Ryan Campbell, you have one more for us before we wrap up our should have had a sequel. Definitely episode. one more. Um, starring Hugh Jackman, early 2000s film, Real Steel. One of those movies that on paper and even maybe some of the trailers, people read the description of and think, well, this is going to be awful. This is going to bomb. And then you go and see it and it's like, you know, it's Hugh Jackson, which commits 100% to, to anything and, and sells it. Um, but it had all this heart and it was just like, it was really, it was a really kind of a fun boxing film with robots. Um, and by the end of it, you know, he's cleared up all of his crap and paid off all of his debts and he's decided to be a good you know, father to his son. And then that's when the movie ends. So, you know, logistically, now you go on to maybe the son's older and he's washed up or you just keep on going with them finally having all their stuff sorted out. It kind of ends with them joining the, the league. It's like you watched a movie of a guy working his way up through the minor leagues and he finally gets signed to the major leagues and then that's when the movie ends. So, um, yeah, you kind of probably pumped at least one or a few other films out and, and kind of kept on going with the premise of nothing else. But I just kind of like movies that on paper and when, they, when you hear that they're going to get made, you automatically assume they're going to bomb and then do pretty decent and kind of have people that really enjoy them. You know, when you said Hugh Jackman, um, I got excited, and I thought you were going to talk about Swordfish. No, that, that, I, you could have, yeah, any of those hacker movies, you probably could have done some multiple. I would love a Swordfish sequel with John Travolta stealing away with Halle Berry and continuing on with their whatever they're doing all over the world. That would have been cool. All right, well, Hugh Jackman, you've got two big fans here on the Bulletproof. Not that I don't like them, but obviously uh, – not near the level that uh, Ryan Campbell and Chad Cruz love them. Some Hugh Jackman. All right, guys. I think this has been an interesting uh, discussion. Hashtag should have had a sequel. And if you want to share your uh, movie that you believe should have had a sequel, you certainly could use that hashtag and get to us on uh, Twitter at Bulletproof Pod. Yeah, definitely. This is one of those things where there's probably dozens of films that I would agree with that I just can't think of at the time. I, I you know, I, just pouring over trying to think of all the different movies out there. There's, there's probably so many that if people bring up on Twitter, I'll be like, yes, there should have been a sequel for that. So I'd love to see some. Yeah. And actually avenging force. I think when we first discussed this idea, that was in my head. And then when I went to write down my list, it just disappeared. And then when Chad brought it up, I'm like, yes, of course we needed to know what happened. We needed that pentangle to go down, but yeah, go ahead and try to take credit for that. All right, guys. What we're going to do now is we're going to continue our sequel theme here, and I'm going to have you guys play a little something called Tagline Trivia. I have uh, 10 taglines from action movie sequels, and I'm going to see if you guys can guess which movie it is from. And um, if you can't, your opponent could steal the point. So mm. who wants to start? We'll let Chad start. I will start. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he started on the last thing. I'll start this time. Okay, Chad, here's one for you. He's back in New York bringing justice to the streets. Is that a Death Wish 2? That is incorrect. Shit. Ryan Campbell, can you steal the point? He's back in New York bringing justice to the streets. Uh, is it is it Death Wish 3? It is Death Wish 3. Very I knew good. it as soon as I said it. Death Wish 2, Paul Kersey was in Los Angeles. Yeah, he went elsewhere, that's right. Damn it. So stupid. <laughs> well... Ryan Campbell, one to zip right now. Okay, Ryan, here's a chance to really pull ahead. Caught between honor and revenge, how far will one man go? I don't know. Is that like Rambo 2? Incorrect. Chad, you want to give it a whirl? 
Caught between honor and revenge. Let's see. Oh, uh, boy. I'm going to say Kickboxer 2. No, sir. Shit. It was Bloodsport 2. You were oh. right. It, it was a sequel to a Jean-Claude Van Damme. All right, Chad. Here, here you can redeem yourself. Okay. Possibly. <laughs> the first no time was for honor. The first time was for honor. The second for his country. This time, it's family. And this is almost a trick one, but hmm. the first time for honor. Yes. Second uh, for country. I mean, I want to say it's Rambo three. No, but it would work for Rambo three. Wouldn't it? It would. Uh, Ryan Campbell, you, you got a guess? No. Yes. <laughs> uh, the first time was for honor. The second for his country. This time it's family. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It is actually no retreat, no surrender three. Blood Brothers. <laughs> you know what's messed up is those movies have nothing to do with one. I know that's what I'm saying. That's it's, it's a, because it, they like say his country. Like so, you're yeah. assuming it's the same character the whole no. way. I'm like, you so said that was, was like I said, that's kind of a trick. But do you okay, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Campbell. Here's another one for you. He's fighting for everyone who can't fight back. These are also original. They're so great. Great uh, creative minds yeah, in Hollywood. None of these would ever work for multiple things. Mm-mm. Um, fighting for everyone who can't fight back. It's probably a fighting movie, I'm going to say. I'm just going to go uh, Rocky Three. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> that is an awful guess. Because uh, Rocky wasn't... Okay. Moving on. Chad, do you have a guess for he's fighting for everyone who can't fight back? <sighs> well... I could try and make a guess, but go for it. It's fighting for everyone who can't fight back. <sighs> I did it once. I'm doing it again. Kickboxer two. Incorrect. Shit. It is Braddock missing in action three. Oh, remember fighting for the children. They can't he, fight back. He fought everyone and anyone who. Yeah. I think I was stuck on fighting, meaning some sort of sport. Not necessarily. Damn you, Cannon. All right, Chad. Here's one. Prepare to become obsolete. <laughs> uh, that, that was the. I, I wasn't telling you to do something. That was the uh, tagline. Okay. Thank you. I thought you left and maybe we're you know, getting your, your go <laughs> I've got a bag full of ammunition in the other room. Um, prepare to become obsolete uh that's gonna be uh class of 1999 oh no no but you were kind of in the right direction ryan campbell can you steal the point i'm gonna say robocop 2 incorrect it is universal soldier the return oh all right ryan here's one he's back to protect the innocent um this is gonna seem really stupid is it robocop 2 it is RoboCop too. I was like, Holy crap. I was like, when he just said it the last, I'm like, oh, he was, he was close. I'm glad I had the gun. Like, this could be really. I'm gonna seem like an idiot if I say this twice and it's wrong. But should have been Kickboxer too. <laughs> I think my mind was already sitting there, so it sounded similar. And I'm like, oh, I'll go with it. What else am I gonna say? RoboCop, so two, two to zero for Chad. Here, here you go, Chad. Though this is your chance to catch Yay. up. What most people call hell, he calls home. Mm. 
That sounds like my life. Uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, what most people call hell, he calls home. Let's break this down. Okay. All right. It's a man. He's got a lot of demons. Mm-hmm. People call these things hell. He's he calls them home. Yep. So it's a it's a place of great uh, devastation. There's a lot of a lot of horrible shit going on there. But he's been there. He's done it. I. It, that's John Rambo. It's Rambo two. Rambo two. Is that your answer? Yes. <laughs> Rambo two or Rambo three? Which it's one? Two. You are correct. It's Rambo First Blood Part two. Very good, Chad. You, you dissected it. Man, that's why I'm thinking of it because it we just were talking about it when we did the Rambo podcast. It's doesn't the Colonel say it in the first one? He might. You you might be correct. Yeah, you know what? He might actually say that, yeah. Well, there you go. All right, this one might be an easier one, but maybe not. Ryan Campbell, here it is. Time waits for no man unless his name is Jack Death. <laughs> oh, no. Um, is, is it a time-related film? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I really don't. It must not be that obvious to me. Chad Cruz, you could you could okay. tie it up here. It's transfers, but which one is it? You give me an answer. Right. Uh, time waits for no man unless his name is. I'm just going to say part two. You are correct, and we are tied up. Oh transfers two. Here we go. Oh my! I'm excited now. All right. Here we go, Chad. And one of the best names. So not only is Jack Death like one of the best names right. ever, but he's played by another greatest name ever, Tim Thomerson. And yeah, that you know, so I'd like put that in there. But yes, to your point, there have been so many transfer sequels. It wasn't super, yeah, it was like super obvious, but uh, there you go. You, you played it safe and went with two and you were correct. See if you can get this one as one well, Chad. And for the first time, be in the lead. So your last one. <sighs> When the theater goes dark, the roof blows off. <laughs> That's great. Oh, when the theater goes dark, the roof blows off. Hmm. This one recently celebrated an anniversary. So you probably tweeted about it. I don't. I, I did not I, tweet about it though. I said I don't follow you on Twitter, so we go to hell. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Let's see. Um, it's a sequel. Oh man! Thanks for the hint. Can we cut out all this time where I'm just thinking? Absolutely. Or I'll put the Jeopardy music though. in. I don't know. There we go. Um, shit! I don't know. Just get me. Go ahead. Ryan Campbell, you have a guess. Um, let's see. We've got explosions, excitement. I'm going to say Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think he's Googling it over there. I know, um, no, no, no. Wait, where's the theater? Where's the theater? I don't get this. No, because you're, you're watching it in the theater. Just, you're in the theater. They're just saying, you come to this theater. <laughs> I'm thinking of like a Die Hard in a, in a, in a no, no. opera. I think what got me there was I was trying to think of I was remembering just how much they emphasized in the first one the explosions uh, uh, even more than Bruce Willis. 
And that's what led me down that. I'm going with very obvious movies here, though, Rambos, Robocops, and, and Die Hard. So. I'll tell you, I was nowhere near the answer on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan Campbell, you can uh, really stick it to Chad right now because you get the last one, or at least the first first shot at the last one. And it is Never Stab the Devil in the Back. <laughs> I'm not getting that one. Um, uh, never Stab the Devil in the Back. Uh, I'll pass on this one. All right, Chad Cruz, you want to try to tie oh this God. up? Uh, I, I uh, really have no idea. Dark Man 2, I have no idea. I just Googled it. <laughs> what a jerk. Well, I can't steal it now. It's fine. It is John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, okay. I was not thinking modern. That's like the first modern film. Well, you never know what's going to happen in Tagline Trivia. But our winner of Tagline Trivia, Ryan Campbell, Beating Chad Cruz three to two. Congratulations. Your prize is that you can come back on the show sometime. All right. And speaking of the show, uh, our next episode is going to drop on June the 9th. And the toy man himself, Christy Petrillo, will be back with us. And we are going to be going over the PM Entertainment countdown, the top 10 PM Entertainment movies. Uh, We're going to take a look back at something we did last year for our uh, big anniversary month. And that should be fun. Uh, anything uh, you want to promote or plug Chad? Nope. No, of course not. Okay. Ron Campbell, I know you're going to be uh, covering snow piercer. You started that already. So that coverage. Will yeah. Yeah. Just finished up uh, clone wars and Westworld. So we got a new series to start. Um, but yeah, it's uh I don't know. We'll give it a few weeks. It was it was it was an okay first episode, but you definitely tune in and see our thoughts. All right, and we definitely want you to uh, keep checking back with us here on the Bulletproof Podcast. We want to thank you for listening. So for Ryan Campbell and Chad Cruz, I am Chris the Brain. Thank you again, and stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.